Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. In my last episode, I started to talk a little bit about my journey into business ownership and entrepreneurship, but I didn't really dive deep into that because, well, that wasn't the focus of the episode, but I thought it would be a good topic to chat about today because one of the number one questions I get from people who are looking to start a business themselves is, how did you finally make it work? How did you finally find success with your business? So to tell this story, I've got to back up about 10 years, or almost 10 years. It was 2010, and I had just graduated from the University of Washington with my bachelor's degree. Go Huskies! I was so excited to finally get a quote-unquote real job. The job market was pretty tough in 2010, and I had applied to about 50 jobs in a very short amount of time right after graduation. Some were a bit of a stretch, you know, they were beyond my qualifications, but Most were entry-level marketing positions, and some were even administrative roles. But I was in this weird place of being a little too qualified for super entry-level, and not quite qualified enough for that next level up. I was 24, and I was older than most new graduates because I had had to work off and on through college, so I took some time off and I did a variety of jobs in that time. So by the time I graduated, I'd worked as an administrative person at a physical therapy clinic, I had waitressed, I'd run a small company store, I worked in customer service and then in sales at a fitness equipment manufacturer, and I even worked on publicity for a documentary film. So I had all these different experiences, but my experience wasn't quite enough to land me what I really wanted, which was a creative role at an advertising agency. Mind you, I came very close with a couple, but as they say, close but no cigar. I had had interviews for other entry-level marketing positions as well, but again, I didn't quite make the cut. Then I got an interview at a commercial real estate firm in the heart of Bellevue, Washington, which is a nice shiny city right across the water from Seattle. And conveniently, it's where I lived at the time. This job was in a high rise right downtown and it overlooked the water. I was pretty excited at the prospect of working in a location like that. I made it past the first interview with the young woman who was the front office manager and in the marketing position at the time. Then I met with one of the partners and then I met with another partner. So in total, I had three interviews and I knew it was going well. We talked about different marketing projects that I had done. I'd showed them samples of my work. They showed me projects that I could be involved in and basically things were looking really good. I was excited and you guessed it, I landed the job. Now, the next part of the story, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm saying anything bad about the people or that place. That is not my intention. A lot of really nice people worked there, and it would have been a good job for someone with less experience than me. But remember, I was in that weird place of you know job experience, kind of between entry level and that next level up. But after just a short time in my new job, I became pretty dissatisfied. What I expected to be a fun marketing position was really a glorified secretarial role. So I answered phones, made coffee, watered plants, loaded the dishwasher on Fridays. 
things like that. And there were a few marketing projects, of course, and at first they were fun because they were new, but as it turns out, marketing projects in commercial real estate really consists of putting together tour books of various properties over and over and over again. So I had fun at one point when I thought, man, this is really tedious and there's got to be a better way to do this than to just copy and paste line by line and picture by picture you know, these properties into these tour books. So I spent some time playing with the program we used to create the books and I figured out how to merge properties from our database directly into the document with one click. I set up all these formulas and I had a ton of fun doing that kind of work because it was creative, because it was a challenge and because I was solving a bigger problem. But after it was done, the time it took me to create these books was cut by like 90% because all I had to do was create the list of properties in the database, click a button and merge all the information. Then I just proofread and edit. So it became even more tedious. Before long, I was spending all my time job hunting. There wasn't a whole lot else to do in that role. I became increasingly frustrated with being bored and underutilized. I knew I had skills and talents that weren't being taken advantage of. I had dreamed for so long of using my writing abilities and my understanding of persuasion and the media to write copy that showed up on advertisements and billboards and the sides of buses. There was one day when one of the agents came to the front desk and asked me to punch holes in a bunch of his papers so that he could organize his office. He just didn't have time to punch the holes himself. Look, some people love being what I call the office mom. If you like to take care of everybody and make sure everything is in order and everybody's happy, um, those people like to bring in baked goods and make coffee and basically, like I said, be the office mom. Well, I guess I'm just not that nurturing type and I don't want kids, so I was really unhappy in this role. I started job searching, as I mentioned, but at the same time, something in the back of my head said, you're not going to be happy in any job. You're not going to be happy unless you do your own thing. I'd always, you know, chose to do solo projects over group projects in school. I sold Avon at 15 years old. I was always looking for a way to do things for myself and by myself. Even when I was a kid, when we first got our family computer, I started creating marketing materials to promote my imaginary businesses. So I guess entrepreneurship is just part of my DNA. At the same time I was job hunting, I was diving deep into the world of freelance writing. I bought my business license, bought a domain name, and I was consuming every blog and forum and piece of content out there to learn all about starting a business. And here's where I got stuck and where a lot of people get stuck. I researched and researched and researched and prepared and prepared and prepared. And I never really honestly took the action steps necessary to make a real go of this thing. It's something that I see people do all the time. And people tell me that they do. They get ready to get ready to get ready. At some point, you have to go beyond getting ready. A lot of people think this is a fear of failure. What if it doesn't work? What if I don't make enough money to support myself? And so on. But a lot of the time, what we're actually experiencing is a fear of success. When you're researching excessively, it's because you're preparing for every possible outcome and you're preparing for things that are not even in your direct path yet. What if the client says yes? 
What will my contract look like and how will I invoice them? What's my pitch going to look like? How will I actually carry out the work? Will it be good enough? How will I wrap up the project? How do I get paid? How do I get referrals? How will I manage multiple clients? Of course, you do want to have some of the basic building blocks in place and you want to be prepared, but this kind of over preparation and projecting of where things are going to go is a fear of, hey, if this works out, I'm going to have all these different moving pieces and challenges that pop up along the way. And how am I going to cope with those? So things went on this way for months. And if I'm being completely honest, years. I had a few projects here and there, but business wasn't what it could have been. It was definitely not sustaining me. I still needed a regular gig. I got my first big contract eight months after starting at that real estate firm. This was life-changing for me because I suddenly had my own schedule. I could work from home and I was making significantly more money. Plus, best of all, I was using my talents. Still, this gig was temporary and I wasn't taking on a lot of other projects. So yeah, I had a taste of the consulting life, but I wasn't really running a full-fledged business on my own. At the same time all this was happening, I decided I wanted to go back to graduate school. Partially because I'd always told myself I'd have a master's degree and partially to avoid the real world and getting a real job. I wanted my own business and I thought graduate school would give me the opportunity to build my business while attending school. Wrong. You don't even have time to sleep in grad school, let alone build a business, so I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, after my gig ended, I took the summer off and I started graduate school that fall. My client, however, wanted me to come back on board, so I re-signed the contract and that took me through January. Between school and work, it was a lot to juggle, so I decided to leave the consulting gig behind and I started very part-time as a writing consultant at the University Writing Center and I also started facilitating writing classes there. I won't go day by day or year by year through all of this procrastination, but I think you're starting to get the picture here. I spent an awful lot of time getting ready to get ready to get ready. And I really failed to launch in a lot of ways. And I think when people come to me and they ask me, what is it that finally enabled you to grow a successful business? They're probably going through many of the same motions. They're researching and prepping and researching some more and prepping some more. They're looking so far ahead that they forget or maybe even avoid taking the very actions that can turn their dream business into an actual revenue generating business. So fast forward through graduate school. In addition to teaching writing, I had started working in a fitness studio because that's another one of my passions and I got free access to classes. But upon graduation, I knew I needed to do something that was going to start bringing in a real paycheck that would actually pay all the student loans I'd acquired. So I got a nine to five job again at a mergers and acquisitions firm. There I was in a day job, which was the very last thing I wanted to be doing. The pattern started to repeat. I became disillusioned at the idea of working in this shiny role and I started researching freelancing once again. If you're doing the math, this is four years later. This is four years after I first got that little inkling about starting a freelance business. I still hadn't gone full-time in my own business four years after the idea was initially planted in my brain. 
I had officially reached my limit. I was frustrated with myself and I decided basically this was bullshit. I knew I was going to continue this pattern and if I did, I would never actually build a sustainable business and instead I would be stuck in a cycle of dreaming and scheming and being miserable with my day-to-day working life. Again, there was nothing wrong with either place of employment in themselves. It's just that they didn't jive with my goals and ambitions. So what finally made all the difference? What did I do to finally make my business work? I decided to stop figuring out how I would run a full-fledged business, every damn aspect of it, and I simply started doing outreach. Here's the truth. What you're doing and what I was doing is procrastination, plain and simple. And I'm an expert procrastinator. It's something I still struggle with to this day. The dictionary says to procrastinate is to delay or postpone an action, to put off doing something. I call it watching Netflix when I have a project due. Potato, potato. And while procrastination has many forms, and we all do it for different reasons, when your business isn't getting much traction, it's usually because you're putting off doing the very thing you must do in order to start actually generating revenue. It looks something like preparing for weeks, months, or even years and failing to ever pull the trigger. I started promoting myself and I started connecting with people in my network. I started telling people about my services and asking anyone that I knew if they knew someone who needed what I had to offer. Just like that, I started getting connected with people. It was a switch from preparing and planning and forecasting to taking action right here and now on the only thing that mattered, self-promotion. And I think a huge reason that people avoid this is, like I said, fear of success and the unknown, but also a fear of telling people what they do and promoting themselves. It's a fear of being judged. And when it comes right down to it, the thing that made all the difference in my business, taking it from dream to reality, was simply putting the word out there that I had something to offer and simply asking for work. Within a week, maybe less, someone I knew, not even very well, who actually worked at that commercial real estate firm all those years ago, connected me with someone who needed a writing and marketing person. I met up with this contact, and as it turns out, he led marketing at a Fortune 100 company. Guess what? I came on board as a self-represented consultant, and in that first year after leaving my 9 to 5 behind, I hit six figures. It was more money than I'd ever made in my life, and here I was making that money from home pretty much on my terms. And, best of all, using my talents. I felt so incredibly happy and proud and accomplished. I stayed in that role for three years and I had a few other small projects going on at the same time. But as the team I worked with so closely started to shift and people were leaving, I decided it was also my time to move on. I was also starting to look at ways to pivot and scale my business. I started to get into that cycle of research and preparation again, but because of my experience before, I nipped that in the bud real quick. This time I started outreach and self-promotion and networking pretty shamelessly shortly after getting my new website in place, the one you might know as candidlyerin.com. And things started snowballing. I was getting published. My social media channels were all growing pretty rapidly. I started getting clients from all over the place. 
both in my immediate network and even from cold leads. And I started feeling like a business owner of a whole different kind. I wasn't just a freelancer anymore. I was building something bigger. And here are two things I suggest you do right now. If you're one of these people saying, what do I do to actually take my business from dream to reality? Because I have been working and struggling and preparing for so long, I'm about to give up. First and foremost, connect, connect, connect. Reach out to people in your network. Make it a point of growing your network. Send cold pitches to people that are outside of your network, people you don't even know but may need your services. Please note, I am not talking about cold pitching individuals in their Facebook messengers. I can't stand that. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. What I mean is find businesses that can use your services, then put together a strong pitch email and send it to the person in charge of that department. Reach out to your personal contacts and your business contacts and let them know what you're doing. Let them know what services you offer and ask if they know of anyone or any business that needs what it is you have to offer. It truly is that simple. And you may be thinking, well, nobody I know needs what it is that I offer. But you really never know who your network knows. Networks are so incredibly powerful because you might know someone who knows someone who knows someone who has a very successful business and needs exactly what it is you do. They need your talents. And if you tell your network what it is you're doing and what it is that you're looking for, you'll be top of mind for them when their friend or acquaintance mentions that they need a designer or a developer or a writer or fill in the blank. Think about Kevin Bacon and that five degrees of separation or whatever it is. You don't know how close you are realistically to someone who has the money to pay you for your talents. If you don't tell people what you do, if you don't reach out and promote yourself, you will not be top of mind because nobody will know that you do the thing you do. I hate to be the one to say this to you, but the reason your business probably isn't seeing success right now is because you probably haven't taken the action steps necessary to just start putting yourself out there and actively spreading the word and, painful as it may be, asking for work. The second thing I want you to be doing at the same time that you're actively pitching and doing outreach is to focus on your content marketing. Content marketing is such an effective way to grow your business, but it's a long game. You need those quick wins through pitching and direct outreach and networking while your content marketing gets rolling. So what this is going to do is it's going to start building awareness and visibility of you and your brand and the products and services that you offer in a way that will eventually bring the leads to you. So this is called inbound marketing. Instead of hustling for clients, you're creating content that attracts clients to you. And this is going to start bringing you in cold leads, people you don't even know. And it's a great way to start growing your business to an even bigger degree on a bigger scale. So while you're actively pitching and looking for work, I want you to be creating content that's growing you as a brand. Six months or a year from now, people will be coming to you and you won't have to hustle or pitch as much because you have a steady stream of clients that are looking to work with you. Content marketing works like magic. Since pivoting my business at the end of 2016, I've grown incredibly and I've gone in directions that I never thought possible. What changed along with outreach 
is that I was heavily marketing my business with content. I was blogging, posting on social media regularly, creating videos, and I'm still reaping those rewards today. People I've never seen or met in my life contact me about speaking opportunities, collaborations, projects, and the direction I go with my business from here, well, the possibilities are endless. So when you're wondering what you need to do to actually make your business work, when you're frustrated because you have, you know, quote unquote, tried everything, dig deep and be honest with yourself. Are you procrastinating? Are you self-sabotaging out of fear? whether that's of failure or success, procrastination kills dreams and it kills businesses. Stop researching, stop prepping, and just start promoting, both through outbound lead generation and inbound content marketing. I promise you this is a powerful combination that's going to generate revenue now and for years to come, and it's going to completely change your life and business. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.